0: Pro-lifers are just pro-birth. Pro-lifers don't do enough for women. They only care about keeping the unborn child alive, and that's it. They lack understanding, they lack empathy, they lack love. These are the accusations that pro-lifers get, but most people who launch these accusations have never been to their local pregnancy center. Today, we are talking to a director of a pregnancy center in a blue city, in a red state, who is going to tell us what exactly they do. She is going to give us the testimonies of women who have been helped by the women and uh, the volunteers at their center. If you can make it through this episode without crying tears of joy, and gratitude, and praise to God for what he is doing through these Press and Wood Pregnancy Centers, well, then you are a stronger person than I am. You are going to be so encouraged, so edified, and so educated by the conversation with our guest today. So Leanne Jamison from Prestonwood Pregnancy Center will be joining us in just one second. This episode, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use promo code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com, code Allie. Leanne, thanks so much for joining us. I am so grateful to be here today, Allie. Beth. Yes, for those who don't know, can you just tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Leanne Jamison,
1: and I am the executive director at the Prestonwood Pregnancy Center.
0: Yes, and tell us a little bit about how you got that very, very busy job. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know, I've been in, working in ministry for a long time, a couple decades, mm-hmm. and uh, was on staff at a church that had started a pregnancy center, uh, Wood. And so when they had a need, they asked me to step into the role. Um, to be honest, I had never, I hadn't even ever served at a pregnancy center. Wow. I, you know, like a lot of, uh, a lot of believers, I was pro-life and believed in the sanctity of life, but didn't really understand what a pregnancy center did. And so initially had stepped into the role interim, uh, thinking that it might not personally be a fit in that. I loved being in the church ministry world and ministering to women through, the, through uh, women's ministry in a church. But my goodness, fell in love. Mm-hmm. Incredible what I get to do every day.
0: And how long ago was that? That was eight years ago. Eight years ago. You started at Prestonwood Pregnancy Center and you said that you had always been pro-life. Tell us a little bit about your journey. I mean, obviously they saw at Prestonwood that, okay, Leanne would be a good person for this. And so they must have known obviously about your values and, and what you cared about. But tell me just kind of your testimony leading up to that.
1: Yeah, I think like a lot of believers, I was pro-life in word. And I mean, I'm, it was a heart it was a heart hold for me. I believed in the sanctity mm-hmm. of life. I had had women, young women in my ministry that walked through unplanned planned pregnancies with, without a question, believing that that child, regardless of how it was conceived, was a gift from the Lord that had a, a plan and a purpose. Um, but, you know, when I went to the pregnancy center, I was I really had to confront why do i believe in the sanctity of life what does that look like in what ways does the church need to operate how do we stand the gap for that young couple that finds themselves in that unplanned pregnancy and so i really i often will say i went from being Pro life in word to pro love in action. Mm. You know those those beliefs. I had a vehicle now in which to operate or work them out yeah. uh, through the pregnancy center. So
0: tell me what surprised you the most? Just seeing it day in and day out, women come in who are in crisis or just in unplanned pregnancies. What did you What did you learn? I, you know, I think looking back, it's still.
1: uh One of the greatest motivations, too, for what we do is that, you know, I think we have a society that tells people that. To react to their situation, um, sometimes that's a positive thing, right? You find yourself in a situation that you need to move quickly out of because that is what's best. Uh, but, but in my experience, reacting is not the best or healthiest way to make a decision. And that is, and instead, it's responding. And responding. Just the idea of response requires an element of time. So we have done a very effective job, and I think it's one the abortion industry has played off of, of telling people, like, look, it, you're in an uncomfortable, difficult situation. Don't linger there. We've got an option for you that can quickly take care of that uncomfortable situation that you find yourself in. I I think what... Surprised me is how many of um, those that find themselves in that situation have it has they don't slow down to think. Okay, let's look at my situation. Let's think about the pros and the cons to each of my options. Let's navigate this. And the, and, and instead of reacting, instead of responding, they're reacting. And so I think what surprised me is just the place that we have in helping navigate a decision-making process with a young person to be able to slow down and look at those options with truth
0: wrapped in love and grace and how needed it is. Mm -hmm. I think about, you know, when I was having my first baby and I was told, oh yeah, let's just do a C-section. I could get into that whole story. It was really not necessary, but I think that You know, a lot of times we have white coat syndrome Mm -hmm. where someone who is in charge tells you, well, this is how we're going to react or respond to your situation and makes you feel maybe even without saying the words like you don't have any time or you don't have any other option to try to learn about the choices here or learn about what's going on. This is just what we suggest. And because that person is in authority, you take their suggestion as this is what you have to do. So I imagine it's really difficult um, in those situations. Especially when you've got a 17 year old girl, she is stressed out and someone tells you, come on, of course, this is what you need to do. Of course, you have to finish high school and go to college. Of course, it's going to be easier if you get an abortion. You kind of, you know, get a little starry eyed at this person in authority telling you this is what you have to do to be smart and to be responsible. So I'm sure that's one of the reasons why a lot of young girls say, "Okay, whatever you say, Planned Parenthood. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think we we find that we have young people that come into
1: our center. And when we ask them questions, they have like, you know, because I I think there's a lot of just uh, misunderstanding of how pregnancy centers work. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of belief that we're out there arm twisting and manipulating and yeah. lying. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But, uh, you know, I think when we sit with that young person, and we say to her, these are your options. These are these are these are the choices that you can make and here's you know let's talk through that asking them some good questions. It's so interesting how often they haven't even really thought about it. The only space that they've gotten to is I have a positive pregnancy test and I don't want my life to change mm-hmm. or I can't do this because I don't have the finances or I'm a student or and they fill in the blank the reasons that we hear and when you say let's let's talk about that assumption sometimes assumptions are true sometimes assumptions are not true so the best way is for let's let's talk about what you're being told you know I think we have we do teach our young ones from the time they're little I would take my little ones to the doctor They're going to give you a needle. It's going to hurt, but it's okay. It's for what's best. You trust this person because they have a white coat. We should trust our medical professionals. But I think that you still have to um, discern and gather information and think about your situation and be able to uh, make a healthy decision for you and your unborn child.
0: Yeah, we certainly should be able to trust our medical professionals. I think a lot of people have been kind of questioning that authority mm. for the past couple of years yes. with a lot of things that have gone on, including the big push for abortion yes. among our medical professionals and the experts saying that this really is health care from the president mm. of the United States saying this is health care. It's a woman's right. Um, before we get into any of that, I do mm. want to hear what is the process from the moment that a young woman calls you? Maybe she doesn't really know if she's pregnant. She wants to get it confirmed or something like that to her coming in and her leaving for the first time. Tell me what that process looks like and what the pregnancy center is doing for her.
1: Yeah. So from the, you know, often she'll find us online or through a uh, word of mouth referral. So uh, 40, 45% of our clients come because someone else has come to us and told them that we are safe and and caring place for them to show up to, or they found us through just that internet search where we, a lot of us go now for our first source of information, she'll call or chat or text. Uh, She is going to talk to um, a very compassionate woman on the phone who's going to figure out and ask good questions about her situation. Uh, she is going to learn on that initial phone call that we neither we don't perform nor do we refer for abortions, but we're going to tell her all the things we can do for her and why it is still a good idea for her to come to us. She's going to come in. She's going to have that pregnancy test. She's going to uh, see it with someone who's going to provide guidance. Should she be going through a um, specific difficult situation of trauma. We have licensed professional counselors on staff that we will pull into her visit. She's gonna meet with a nurse sonographer for that sonogram. Uh, You know, the uh, people that are employed at the pregnancy center are professionals that know some of the best, I think, in pregnancy centers around this nation. You have some of the best medical professionals, doctors providing oversight. She's going to get a continuum of care. I don't think that she gets anywhere else. So when we talk about women's health care, when we talk about reproductive health care I think we have to look at a woman as a holistic being and in our in our mind at our clinic she has physical emotional and spiritual needs and we're going to address those she's going to find out the physical is she pregnant how far along is she uh, is it an interuterine pregnancy? That's important to know as well. She's going to get good counsel. She's going to get good counsel on her situation. She's going to, uh, be, that's going to be guided and, you know, help her come to the decision that she needs to make around that pregnancy. And we do that, you know, it's interesting, um, on a side note that women coming to a center like ours at our center, who can come to us thinking initially that they, the only option for them is an abortion. 86% of the time they'll choose life when they just take a breath. It's nothing that we're doing other than just saying, okay, we're here. Let's navigate this with, with you. And she take makes the option or she chooses the option of life for her child. But through that, if she, has, if she has material needs and physical needs, we have a resource center, food, diet, all, you name it, holistically, we're going to care for her.
0: Mm -hmm. And parenting classes as well. I mean, yes, this is stuff that extends beyond even the even the first year of life in many cases. I mean, is, you know, it's interesting because that's that's a question we get is how
1: long will you walk with her? And I will often say, honestly, there's not a policy of like, okay, two years, you're out of here. We are pro-life and we're pro-her life. And so that means that should something come up in the you know future we want to help support and and enable and equip and empower her to uh be the mother and the the woman that god has designed for her to be so that means that should she need our help longer than two years or there's no deadline and and often uh she has other children So, you know, we're going to look at her situation, her needs and come up with, if she's parenting herself, we're going to come up with a parenting plan and look at not just how can we provide, but how can we equip and empower her to be able to long term provide and have this incredible, abundant and filled life that we know that Jesus wants for her.
0: Mm hmm. You and I have talked about some stories Mm -hmm. um, of women who have come through your center who have had uh, especially dire needs. Mm -hmm. Like you've told me about women who have needed help with immigration, who have Mm -hmm. needed help with healthcare enrollment, needed help with refuge from different kinds of, you know, abuse, maybe domestic abuse. Can you tell us just a couple of those stories that have have struck you and stayed with you over the past couple of years where you really saw kind of. Mm redemption and transformation for that woman because of God, because of how God used the center and the people there.
1: You know, some of the criticism out there about pregnancy centers, it's uh, interesting. And, and like I said, I'm sure we'll get into it, but we had a client and she came to us and she was abortion determined. And through her meeting with a nurse, it became evident that she was in an abusive relationship. That was one of the reasons that she was abortion determined. And the nurse stopped and immediately looked at her and said, I need to know if you're safe. And they had a long conversation and she felt like she was still safe. And that nurse said to her, I want you to know that we are here for you that we love you and we are concerned about your well-being and should you need us we are a mere phone call away well she left that day and she was still uncertain about whether or not she was going to parent and uh you know we knew that we were going to continue to reach out to her and have her come back as should she need us and the very next day um during the night they got she and her significant other got into a really large argument and she ran left the house the next morning with um nothing but the... Like, she had shoes on and nothing. Not mm. her purse, nothing. And she came to us the next day. So think about this. Your abortion... So obviously didn't feel judged. Yeah. Uh, obviously felt loved and cared for because she showed up that very next day. B- she was beaten. And mm. uh, we were pretty sure she had um, broken bones in her face. And so we took I put her in my car and we took her to the emergency room. We spent the day with her trying to get her and, and paid for her to get out of town, to go back home uh, where she could be safe. Um, I will say that she chose life as a, as a positive. And, you know, she'll come back in and she'll ask to come. And, you know, what I love is that she'll come in and she asks for me and I get to go and I get to love on her and hug her and, you um, and you know, it's, it's not that her life isn't still got some messiness to it, uh, but I always tell the staff messiness is just an opportunity for ministry. And I love her just the way that she is because she is a child of God and she has had difficult life circumstances. Um, you know, we had a, an, another client, a refugee client and came to us uh, she was sitting in a Planned Parenthood and this was uh, before Roe was overturned and she uh, had just she was tragically pregnant that's how I'll put it tragically pregnant uh, from just a difficult circumstance and she was seeking an abortion and so she had found out sitting in this Planned Parenthood what the abortion was going to cost and she didn't have that so she Put in where can I get free help and we popped up at the top of that search so she showed up that day uh, because she called and said can I come is it really free and can I come now and we said absolutely we're free this is what we can do for you this is what we don't do but this is what we do and you can come and so she showed up that day and she would tell you that she met love for the very first time through one of our client advocates and so she ended up choosing life. We stayed in touch with her. I always, I'm i always terribly honest. I'll tell you what we do well and I'll tell you what we didn't do well. And, and we did follow up, but we missed a very important question during our follow up over the next few months with her. And that was, tell me about your support system. So it gets to near the end of her pregnancy. And one of my staff walks in and says, hey, Leanne, this client is on the phone. And she's in labor and she's wondering if one of us can go be with her Mm -hmm. in labor. And I'm like, I have, I mean, I've been in labor. I have never been there to cheer. And I mean, this is a dream. So I'm like, I am your woman. And I get in my car and I'm heading down to one of the hospitals here in the city. And all of a sudden, you know, it dawns on me. I don't know where I'm to be going because, um, from canada i've never given birth in the u.s i don't yeah. know do you go to the emergency room do you go to yeah. labor i don't know so i call and they tell me that um actually it was good thing i called because she was being sent home because she was in false labor um oh. <sighs> so i head back to the to the uh center and as i'm heading back i'm thinking hold on here lord like You're in labor and, you know, not that we don't have a relationship with our clients. We do and some close relationships, but we, you know, you're in labor and we're the people that when you are thinking about who you need there that you reach out to, like, that's just a bit of a red flag for me. So by the time I get back to the center, I said to one of the staff, I want to go. Let's go see her at her home. Like I grabbed another staff member, but I don't want to go empty handed because that might seem a little strange that I just show up at her doors. So I'm like, we need to take her something. Do we have a car seat? And so we happen to have a car seat. And so we grab that car seat and off we go. And we show up her at her door and I knock on the door and she opens the door and she sees me with this car seat. And she just starts to sob. She mm. falls to her knees, put the car seat down and I pick her up And I kind of cup her face and I'm like, sweet one, what is going on? And she said, I, you know, I was sent home from at the hospital and I'm not in real labor yet. And she's just sobbing. And she said, but the nurse said, as she was sending her off, listen, when you come back and you're in real labor, like you need to have a car seat with you or you can't take your baby home was she, all the way home she had been crying like I don't have like she couldn't even afford a car seat and here we show up with this car seat and I took a look around her um, apartment that day and it was obvious that she didn't have anything and I said hey tell me like what have you been eating and she started to cry again and she'd been living off a loaf of bread and a dozen eggs for like the last week mm. she was not again a refugee didn't know about food banks was just in a really tough situation So I said to her, look, I'm gonna leave now, but um, you know, remember I told you I was a women's ministry director. I have a lot of women in my phone. I'm like, I'm gonna make some phone calls and some of my friends are gonna show up and they're gonna bring you some things that you need and just let them in. If they say they're a friend of mine, just let them in. And so I made phone calls and women started to show up. They brought, I said, she needs food. She you know just everything. She needed everything. So that was a Thursday. That Saturday, I got up, woke up my husband up and said, hey, babe, we need to go to Costco. I need to go buy. I do this to people. I'm, I sorry. Know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. If you're not,
0: if you're watching or if you're listening, you can't see that I have tears streaming down my face. I can't help it. I, know, I love I that, can't that help about it. your heart,
1: Allie Beth. You're the real deal. So anyway, so I could wake my husband up. I'm like, we got to go to Costco. We need to buy. But rice. We need." And I got go a shopping list. So off we go. And I'm like, you know. We head off to her place after going to Costco and, and we show up and I knock on the door and she opens the door and she's crying again. And I'm like, what on earth? You know, like what's going on? And I can hear voices in her bedroom and some of the women and their spouses I had sent were in her bedroom setting up a crib because she didn't even have a crib. <sighs> And she is just at this time, the tears are of just being overwhelmed. And she said to me, and I'll never forget these words. She said, Leanne, I thought God had forsaken, forgotten me. And I, I thought he had turned his back on me. And I said, sweet one, God has heard your cry. And he has sent the president pregnancy center and you know just uh i could go on i could tell you about her baptism and just her part of being a part of my she did
0: she have a religious background at all did she know about christianity having been a refugee Uh, she um had
1: some understanding we took her to church my husband that day uh said to her it was a saturday you know how about we come pick you up and we take you to church the next day and that she had said i I'd, i'd given up all hope was what she kept saying and um so, oh, now you gave me a little bit. This still gets me, God, and how he works. But so we had picked her up the next day and taken her to church with us. And we show up and she's like all ready. She's like nine months pregnant, cute bow in her hair. She's like ready for us to take her to church. And the sermon that Sunday was a pastor named Jared Stevens. And he was preaching that Sunday morning. And the sermon he was preaching on was how you never give up hope that God hears our cry and that she walked forward that day at church. And, um, you know, I tell people all the time that we were going to do a shower for her. We decided we were going to put out the call uh, to to the church and say, hey, we have this young woman. She needs everything. Um, she has chosen life and we need to stand in the gap for her. I would have thought that would have been the thing she was most excited about, but she was most excited about being baptized that next wow. weekend, nine months pregnant. She was baptized. So she still church. hadn't had,
0: she still hadn't had the baby yet. No. Wow. The
1: following Thursday, I was at with her in the hospital when she gave birth, she had to have an emergency C-section and uh, she labored for about 24 hours. She wow. was a toll champ. Yeah. And when they came out, it was about one o'clock in the morning and they came out with her baby and they were pushing her little one out of um in the bassinet and I was waiting and they're like Leanne Jameson Leanne Jameson and I'm like oh that's me and they're like here's your baby meaning like and I'm like
0: Oh, that's not my baby, but thank you. I got yeah. the whole I pictures. I got to hold her, and, and God knew. God oh. knew when He put her into false labor. Yes. obviously strong enough for her to feel like she had to go to the hospital. That she was going to call you, and that she was going to go home. and That you were going to show up with the car seat, and yeah. that you were going to see her apartment, and that she needed things. Yes, and that people were going to show up at her apartment, and that that was also going to be the opportunity for her to go to church and get baptized all before she had the baby. That's incredible. Pro love in action. And can I just say, when I say to you, I was pro life
1: and word and now pro love in action. It is a gift of the Lord Mm -hmm. that I have been able to walk this out and to get to witness him move in a mighty way in our clients' lives. But it is holistic care. And so I get a little defensive uh, in a holy way i think when people criticize pregnancy centers because we're the ones who are willing to call the warriors of god's people and say this is the need yeah like here's where we need to go and holistically and completely with christ's love Mm -hmm. surrounding that woman and helping her through Sometimes what's the darkest days of her life.
0: All right, quick pause to tell you about our first sponsor for the day. And that is Carly Jean Los Angeles. If you're watching this, you can see I got my Carly Jean shirt on. They just sent me this. I love it so much. I love all their clothes because they're super comfortable. They're super versatile. I can wear them in different seasons, not just of the year, but also different seasons of life. I also love not just that they have beautiful and quality and simple pieces that match my style, but also that it's a company that shares our values. They love God. They love women. They're pro-life, and so I feel really good about supporting them. You can feel really good about sending your money there. Lots of women's clothing brands. They support abortion, all kinds of things that we don't support and that are actively working against the values that we hold. So go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Check them out. Their clothes are super comfortable. Their basics line, all made in the U.S. Love that about them. Use promo code AllieB at checkout. You'll save 20% on your order, excluding final sale items. Go to Carly Jean Los Angeles. Code Ally B. com code, B, Carly Jean Los Angeles dot com, code B. And it probably goes without saying, I mean, for us, maybe not for everyone listening or watching, that Planned Parenthood doesn't give that kind of care. I mean, I know we can't say necessarily for sure, but I do wonder if that abuse victim had walked into Planned Parenthood and said, here's what I need. Obviously, she would have been told, well, you should get an abortion. That's going to be the easiest thing. But I do wonder, would there have been any follow up at all that Mm. refugee woman, if she had been able to scrap together some money to get an abortion, would she have gotten any help with any physical, certainly not spiritual needs? I mean, people like Elizabeth Warren. Mm. She talks about Planned Parenthood or, you know, name any Democrat politician. Uh, yeah. it, it really is kind of that black and white. I mean, they talk about Planned Parenthood as if it's this hub for women's safety and health care and betterment and empowerment. And then like Elizabeth Warren talks about places like mm-hmm. Prestonwood Pregnancy Center as centers for manipulation and. Um, Ayanna Presley, she is a, a another politician that we talked about recently. That she just went on a rant in some committee hearing, talking about how basically press or um, pregnancy centers coerce women into mm-hmm. having their babies. They don't mm-hmm. actually provide anything. You guys, Preston One Pregnancy Center, had a whole hit piece written about you. Yes, we did. In Time Magazine, basically (laughs) saying that, that you are lying to these women, you're manipulating these women. And what we hear all the time, pro-lifers, is that we're just pro-birth. We don't care Mm. about what happens to them after. But really, like, the opposite is true. Planned Parenthood can't even muster being pro-birth. They're actually just pro-abortion. And they don't care what happens to those women after Mm. they get their checks. So, I mean, talk about that a little bit. Just, I'm sure it's so frustrating for you to hear oh. that propaganda. Well, it
1: makes me mad, actually. Uh, first off, when we, it's, in a lot of ways, it's doublespeak uh, in that we talk about, or they talk about these poor women that are being manipulated and being lied to and being coerced. Uh and yet then they use the word empowerment for women in the same same sort of breath and it frustrates me because i truly do believe in the empowerment of women i truly believe that women are intelligent and capable that they are uh, able to make good decisions We don't need to manipulate her. We don't need to lie to her. We, you know, often what we are, are, we're just a guide. We're a navigator standing beside her saying, okay, I know this is traumatic. I know this is difficult. I know you don't want your life to change, but your life changed the moment you had a positive pregnancy test. Now let's navigate what way does it change? And we ask questions. And you know what? We counsel the best through listening. And it's fascinating how often the clients that come to us feel like they've never truly been seen or they've never truly been heard. And we're just there. We'd, the idea that... A, so it, it, to step back, to say that a, a woman is easily manipulated and therefore needs to be protected from a pregnancy resource center who might just be laying out her options in front of her It doesn't ring true with this whole idea that we're for that they're for women's empowerment. Either women need to be protected and aren't capable of making good, healthy decisions on their own or discerning or being able to come into a center like ours and know, okay, these are good people that really just want what's best for us. And also, quite honestly, okay, you're getting me riled up.
0: I'm okay. not saying anything uh, no, not. Uh, you're it's just think, you're just thinking through just, it and it's getting this you riled is up. my
1: moment Ellie uh, I, mean, like, I understand I though I understand this. feeling riled um, up no, about it but yeah so uh, you know um just this idea that uh we would need to lie or that mm-hmm. we don't we just care about the unborn child is also very offensive to me because uh you know if you are a believer and if you understand the gospel then you know that that woman has as much value as her unborn child the the moment that she walks through our door I have as much concern and care for her as I do that child that is yet to be able to take its first breath outside the womb and so you know we we do um
0: we aren't just pro birth. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Warren, she, her comments were what inspired my satirical video that I that I did. People can go watch it if they want to, but I mean, she called these places. Dangerous, She mm-hmm. said they're actually dangerous. People mm-hmm. have compared them to terrorism, which is laughable, but also, I mean, serious. Kind of is. Places of death. I yeah, mean. I mean, come on. And obviously we saw the backlash after the Dobbs decision was released against pregnancy centers. One of them was that propaganda in Time magazine about Prestonwood Pregnancy Center lying about you. But we saw physical backlash. Yeah. We saw oh. the vandalisms, the, the pipe bombs and, and things like that. And yeah. so tell me uh, just what it is like being in the of that kind of national disdain too. I mean, there are many powers that be that are against you, maybe not against you personally, but certainly the idea of you, corporations, obviously the federal government, we've seen the DOJ kind of in a very partial way handle the attacks against pregnancy centers versus pro-life activists um, and how they have been advocating for life outside of... Uh, you know, Planned Parenthood has abortion centers. And so, I mean, there's a lot stacked against pregnancy centers. And so tell me just what's that, what is that like? And what has it been like over the past few months since Roe was overturned?
1: I mean, I'm not going to lie. There have been, it's been hard at times, you know, I'm leading uh, a staff and volunteers and concerned about the safety and the well-being of those that come to us, whether through that side of staff and volunteer or client, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it's been an education in the fact that you can have a mic or a camera or a blog or uh, even access to being a journalist, being a journalist, and having the right to be able to pen an article uh, and not truly tell the truth that's been fascinating you know it's easily could be a distraction at this point to what we're called to do or what the care that we're supposed to give um you know i've had to very clearly be able to compartmentalize okay i've got to deal with the media and this this accusation out there um you know, I, I think it's been interesting that in a lot of ways, pregnancy centers have become the target of this post-Roe existence that this our nation is now in. As if uh, we are, have not, that we're new to the scene or that we're operating in a way that... um Gives them fuel to this idea that mm-hmm. abortion it should be a right to for every woman in our nation, and it, you know it's I I guess I would say pregnancy centers, um, although there's a political discussion that needs to take place on abortion and is taking place. Uh, you know we are we don't we, we exist sort of either separate way. from that either way you know like i yeah i i was never i wasn't called to be a politician i i believe there are people out there that are called to fight the political battle of abortion and that's not us we're purely here to to deal with the emotional the physical the spiritual consequences of a woman finding herself in an unplanned pregnancy you know, go the politicians need to handle the politics and the lawyers need to handle the laws. And just let those of us that feel called to be boots on the ground deal with the women. We were there before. We're there after. We're not going anywhere. Um, the lies and the rhetoric using pregnancy centers as being the 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 potential, you know, scapegoat for this uh, this. Anger that they have over the Roe decision—it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and it's you know she wants to. It's so fascinating that the accusations against pregnancy centers—they don't hold true. Those same Ever. accusations for Planned Parenthood would totally hold true. Yeah, and yet they're being directed at us. Isn't yeah. that fascinating? As a believer, I believe if we're doing something right, there's always going to be attack. Yeah, and you know I. Go back to Nehemiah building the wall Mm-hmm And there was criticism and there was attack and he, you know, he, he, he had a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. And so the sword for me is the word of God and the trowel is, you know, the mission and the ministry of the center. And so we are going to continue to do what we're doing. And, you know, I jokingly said to my husband at one point when that news was going on about the DOJ and some of the uh, uh, direction they were going to take with pregnancy centers, I'm like, I I could end up in jail one day, yeah, for
0: doing what is right, mm-hmm. and that is okay, yeah. So okay. you count the cost. Count the cost. You know, there's a lot of people who will say, even people who profess to be Christians, that they're not pro-abortion, but they mm-hmm. are pro-choice. It's important for women to have the choice, and yet mm-hmm. they won't support their local pregnancy center. They will maybe support their local Planned Parenthood, but not their local pregnancy center mm-hmm. because they believe that Planned Parenthood is a, it is, is a center for choice. And really, as you said, the opposite is true. You walk into a Planned Parenthood, they are not evenly telling you about all of your options. Very often there's a lot of manipulation, sometimes coercion, but certainly a lot of deceit and cover up about, the development of the child they won't allow you to see your sonogram Mm. they don't want you to see the sonogram they certainly won't suggest it they won't tell you evenly about the option of keeping your child raising that child yourself they won't allow you to see the full adoption options Mm. they won't necessarily they don't want to refer them to centers like you so there's actually a lot of a lot of darkness a lot of manipulation a lot of lying Mm -hmm. that goes on in Planned Parenthood to get someone to um, simply abort their child. If you are truly pro-choice, why would you be against showing a sonogram or her listening to the heartbeat? Why would you be against her knowing all of her options? So have you ever had someone who calls themselves Mm pro-choice volunteer at one of your centers? No,
1: only because we go through a... um a, a really good vetting interview educational process. So, I would say it's you know, I I've, I've dealt with this quite a bit because I moved from a role where I, you know, was involved in a large ministry of women and then moved into this role of running the pregnancy centers and i think because of the relationship i had with so many of these women they felt safe to come to me so i did have some of those conversations the conversations that say i would never have an abortion but i don't know if i should be telling another woman what she should do and her you know or what about rape or what about incest yeah. and all of the you know we the things that uh we should be talking about because I think it will help solidify why we believe in the sanctity of all life, but we've had those conversations and i, I will I will first of all I want to challenge if you whether irre regardless of whether or not you would have an abortion or not if you believe in the, someone else having the option to have an abortion that makes you pro-choice flat out that is the definition of choice so these you are would, women
0: who would sometimes be calling themselves pro-life they, saying yes. that they would be okay with the option for someone else but not for themselves right
1: that they themselves are are pro-life but and yet
0: they're kind of
1: but they're, reiterating a pro-choice pro, position yeah, that yeah. is pro-choice um you know th- we are told in the proverbs that we have to be a voice for the voiceless so we need to be a voice for those being led to slaughter and therefore as believers you know we do ha- we do need to stand firmly on the sanctity of all life so you know we 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 navigate that uh, na- through those discussions, obviously through the interview process. Sometimes it's just an educational deal where it's like, "This is our stance. This is why we believe what we believe," and they actually get to see it through a loving viewpoint that they then will be like, "Yeah, you know, I think you're
0: right. I think I am pro-life, um, mm-hmm. across the board." Yeah, and there, you know, we've probably gone through every debate point, every discussion point, every disagreement point when it comes to pro-choice versus pro-life or some Mm -hmm. people like to say pro-abortion versus anti-abortion. So people can go back and listen to those episodes. But to just kind of summarize, I think what is really the pro-life position is that the worthiness of someone's life, the value of someone's life, someone's right to life is not negated or diminished at all by the circumstances surrounding their conceptions or the potential of hardship after their birth. That's basically the pro-life position. And that's part of it. And another part is that we believe that the woman is also, the mother is also made in the image of God Mm. and that she needs to be, cared for as well. And obviously there's a lot of ethical questions or people have ethical questions and debates about, you know, at at which point is the mother's life. So at risk where abortion and those are, you know, can be hard conversations, but at the end of the day, we believe that both of those lives are equal in Mm -hmm. worth and in value. And there are difficult decisions. Sometimes the doctor's have to make before the baby is viable and things like that. And pro-lifers don't deny that, as you said, like Mm -hmm. those are discussions that we want to have because our interest is to do whatever we can to preserve the lives and to help the lives of both the child and mother. But we want to preserve the lives of both the child and mother. And going back to something that you said at the beginning, we don't believe that a child should be discarded for the sake of inconvenience or even tribulation or anything like that. We just believe that people are worth more than that yeah yeah and I I I think that the whole conversation around issues
1: of rape and incest you know I know in our center and we saw around 24,000 client visits last year
0: so you can imagine that we and was that an increase because you live in a red state kind of a blue area in a red state yes like was that an increase from before the overturning
1: of roe v wade yeah we definitely saw an increase august was our largest month after that we had ever had that was immediately after the decision uh january this year has been a yet even another record-setting month these are records i wish we didn't need to or weren't setting obviously, uh, but grateful that the these women are coming to our center because we feel like we're the safe place for them to come. Uh, yeah, so twenty four thousand. You can imagine that we see lots of uh, difficult uh, situations, from ectopic pregnancies to, uh, you know, my my nurses would tell you they have saved lives through seeing and. Uh, being able to tell there's an ectopic pregnancy and sent that woman immediately to the emergency room under consult with one of our medical doctors. We have a whole team of them. Uh, But this uh, issue of rape and incest, first off, it's a very small percentage of the clients that we see. Uh, And often a woman, when she finds herself at our center and she has, as an example, been raped the discussion at that immediate point isn't about uh, abortion. It's about her trauma. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm so grateful that we have professionals on staff, professional counselors that we can bring in to help her navigate that trauma. Immediately making a decision for abortion is just layering trauma upon trauma. Mm -hmm. It's not a healthy, it's not healthy. No one should be counseling a woman, in the weeks after, I mean, we're not seeing a woman immediately after rape. We're seeing her often, you know, four or six weeks after. Right, right. So often in our experience, she has not gotten any help. Mm. You know, she um, often, you know, the majority of rape is through someone that a woman has a relationship or knows, not necessarily a romantic relationship, but, you know, has a- had an acquaintance mm-hmm. or... So the reporting even is it, it's not well reported, and so, you know, to be able to have trauma train or uh, licensed counselors that are trained in trauma, and be able to navigate that with her and get her the care that she needs, I, I just honestly believe we're unique in that we're able to do that for her.
0: Okay, Another quick break to tell y'all about My Patriot Supply. I get messages asking what's that emergency food company that you talk about. I know that a lot of you are interested in this because we're seeing the chaos outside of our window. I mean, we see how expensive food is. We see these food plants bursting into flames and we just wonder what's going to happen with our food supply and the supply chain. And you just want to make sure that your family is taken care of should things really hit the fan. And so that's why we love My Patriot Supply. It's an emergency food kit, a three-month emergency food kit. You get one kit for every person in your family. That's what you should order, and hopefully you'll never have to uh, use it, but it feels good knowing that you have it. You just stow it away. It lasts for 30 years, and you've got three months of emergency food. Go to mypatriotsupply.com and you can score free shipping when you go to mypatriotsupply.com you will also um, you'll also get this great deal a $200 bonus gift of survival gear so a $200 bonus gift of survival gear with your order that's really awesome go to mypatriotsupply.com mypatriotsupply.com you know there's a lot of Women, I, I, I've i heard this a lot, especially after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and I'm actually talking about Christians with a lot of influence saying that, well, there to be pro-life, basically, you have to be pro-choice until um, we start to do more work to, you know, meet the, meet the needs of women after they give birth. And until then we have to keep the option of abortion on the table. And I'm not asking you to enter into a political discussion. Mm -hmm. There is a political discussion obviously to be had there, Yes, but I, I wonder how many of those people who say that, well, what about welfare? What about education? What about all those things? I'm fine putting those on the table, by the way. I think we should be debating all those things, discussing all those things. All of us believe that we want more than for them to just give birth. But I just wonder how many of those people saying that have gone to their local pregnancy center Mm -hmm. because a lot of those people, they are chastising and finger wagging other evangelicals, typically Republican voters for voting for pro-life, but not doing enough. And I just wonder how many times have you gotten off of your couch and put Mm. your phone down Mm. and gone to your pro-life pregnancy center? Because chances are, and this is not in a spirit of shame. This is just the truth. Chances are there's probably a center that has been doing that work that you say needs to be done maybe two miles from your house Mm. for the past 30 plus years. Now, maybe not. Maybe God is calling you to be the person Mm. to provide those needs, but in every single state, there are mm-hmm. pro-life pregnancy centers that have been doing this tireless work very often without praise and very often with a lot of pushback mm-hmm. for decades mm-hmm. since and before the overturn or not the overturning, but Roe yeah. v. Wade yes. in the 1970s. And so before before I think we chastise other Christians for not doing enough for vulnerable women, why don't you engage in the work that's already been being done maybe since before you were even born Uh, that's that's my encouragement is that there's a lot of work already being done that we can get involved in
1: yeah I think if you think about it if every if every one of your listeners if every person sitting in a pew on a Sunday even like beyond even let's say gave ten dollars to a local pregnancy center what a force would the a pregnancy centers across this nation could be? What we could do. There's not a director that would sit in front of your listeners and say, listen, you don't know, like the dreams and the hopes and the ideas that we have to meet these growing needs. They're, uh, you know, the, 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 the potential is just there. If uh, people bought diapers, if people just supported their local um, centers, we could end abortion without ever changing a law in this nation in a lot of ways through spiritual revival and the love a woman can find walking through the doors of a pregnancy center. I promise you, I promise you that most women uh, that are seeking abortions don't really want to have an abortion. They just don't know what to do next and pregnancy centers are the ones who are saying here let's just let's just look at the next step and we can help you and we can provide the things that you need until you get your feet under you and it's not just pregnancy centers we're great networkers you know I think it's shocking and I had no idea you asked me earlier what is some of the things that I was really surprised by and I think the network of ministries out there that are providing this beautiful tapestry of care for those that find themselves in crisis in this nation it's it's actually incredible and i think pregnancy centers also do a really good job of networking and being able to tag okay i've got this but there are Uh, there are ministries out there providing housing and food assistance and job assistance. And sometimes they all come to places like our family resource center and provide Mm -hmm. it on our, and in our building. And we, you know, I think we're, we've got to get better at that. Uh, you know, I think if we've got to do a better job of coming and forecasting and looking ahead, the other criticism and you alluded to this of like you know what about this and what about that you know we hear that all the time in this movement okay so you're doing you know you've convinced her to have this baby but what about fill in the blank but we also know that we're in a rapidly changing culture i mean You know, up until a few years ago, we weren't thinking about schools being shut down for a pandemic. And what would your average hourly wage couple that have children, they're now at home, how are they going to cope? And, you know, it's provided that the... Uh, culture is constantly changing and providing new what ifs and what abouts and so i i think that's a unique position for us is that we do we do pivot and we do look at those needs and we do try to figure out okay this is new this is upcoming uh you know as an example um offering help provide uh, uh, applying for pregnancy medicaid that can happen we help our clients on site navigate that that's something new that we've done in the last few years is it became obvious that we had clients that needed some assistance in understanding what are some of the programs out there that can help them
0: yeah And I just want to encourage people because on this show, we have to talk about a lot of bad things that are happening, a lot of frustrating things. We've talked about some of them today, just that the powers that be are so ardently pro death and pro abortion. And there's just so much sadness in that. That alone can make me Mm -hmm. cry when I think about some of the laws that have been passed over the past few years that just completely ignore the dignity of unborn children. Now, even some professing Christians are just very deceived when it comes um, to this subject. But what I like to remind people is that God's work doesn't always make headlines. That mm. story that she told of that refugee who had Christians rush into her home just to make sure that she and her baby were cared for and that she felt love. And then she came to Christ because of that love and was baptized and all of that. That's not going to trend on Twitter. No. That's not going to be written about by Time Magazine. And so sometimes we can be so flooded with the bad. It's important to talk about that, of course, and to yeah. understand how we as Christians can bring clarity to the chaos. So we have to talk about the chaos, but just remember that God's people everywhere, every day, every moment are doing unseen and unsung acts of radical love Mm. that are changing people's lives through the power of the Holy Spirit and changing communities for the better. Maybe you'll never hear about it on social media, And I guarantee you'll never hear about it, even on, you won't hear about all of them on this podcast because I have Leon on today, but she is one of hundreds, if not thousands Thousands. of directors who are doing the same thing. So the stories that you tell me today, that's not just happening in your area. That's happening in every state, hopefully at least every major city in the United States every day, overwhelmingly Christian, overwhelmingly pro-life showing up in ways that the world says every day, we aren't showing up and isn't happening. And so we get to praise God for that, Mm. that no matter what happens in Washington, no matter what happens in our state capitals, all that matters. I say politics matter because policy matters, because people matter. So that absolutely matters. But that does not dictate or change what the Christian is called to do on a daily basis and I think sometimes people are like am I doing enough am I doing enough am I like stewarding my resources enough am I doing the next big thing what is God calling me to do what is this dream that he's calling me to fulfill maybe it is some big public thing but maybe it's just the next right thing Mm -hmm. like maybe it's just donating ten dollars to your local pregnancy Mm -hmm. center maybe it's just showing up and saying how can I help sorry that I haven't so far you know I mean that's true for all of us and I'm not just saying people out there that's true for me yeah yeah That's true for everyone. And wow, to be a part of the body of Christ in seemingly small ways, I mean, that's bigger than any of us could imagine. That is like more glory and more goodness than any of us could even dream of being a part of without the Holy Spirit. Hmm. uh, It is is the greatest
1: opportunity I have ever been given to be able to uh watch god work it, you know pregnancy centers are holy ground and uh and it's incredible what happens there at every day uh you know i'm pretty sure that most pregnancy centers would welcome a phone call and a request of hey i just want to come see what you're doing Mm -hmm. i just want to come you know support you through just a word of encouragement or a prayer can you just show me around uh you know demystify your local pregnancy center and become an advocate for what they're Mm -hmm. doing uh you know this much i know crowdsourcing works and that that your voices matter and that you tell saying to people, you know what, what Elizabeth Warren is saying about pregnancy centers, it's not true. Yeah, And you know, that, that alone, it doesn't matter what time magazine writes or the next news article that's coming out about us, what it says, like go see us and see the truth. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then, Tell your neighbors and like, hey, listen, they're just loving on people. Yeah. There's no agenda other than to just love someone Mm -hmm. who is finding themselves in that difficult situation. I
0: just want to help.
1: Yeah. like I'm guilty of
0: wanting to help. All right. Last sponsor for the day. This is for my Related Bros. My Related Bros out there, yes, you are out there. I got to tell you about what my colleague Jason Whitlock is doing. So he's got this awesome conference coming up. Um, It's called Fearless Army Roll Call. So his show is called Fearless. It's really awesome. If you haven't checked it out, you should. And he's got an all day event coming up to encourage men to put on the full armor of God, take a stand against the evil forces, destroying American culture. At this conference, you will hear speeches from Jason, several other special guests. Uh, this will inspire you to be a better man, a better husband, father, and witness for Christ. So Roll Call will entertain you, but it'll also really encourage you. And so this is happening in Nashville on April 15th, Nashville on April 15th, tickets will likely sell out. So secure your tickets today by going to fearlessarmyrollcall.com, fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Prices will go up in 10 days after March 5th, that's less than 10 days. It'll go up soon after March 5th, prices will go up. So go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Okay, finally, um, there's a lot of people who are listening to this, watching this, who they might not have even made the connection, but maybe they bought a onesie or a pack of diapers or maybe even a crib through the Amazon Baby Registry that I've posted a couple times for Prestonwood Pregnancy Center. Can you just tell them what impact their generosity has made on the women who have come through your center? Well, oh, Alliebeth, uh, first off, I want to... F-
1: tell you that when your people moved and they bought truckloads of items for us to give away this sweet amazon driver when he he had this amazon truck he'd come with his second load of the day and he was just baffled he was like what is going on i keep having to drop drop whole truckloads of items and we were able to share do you know that one of our male client advocates shared jesus with him in the parking lot and he came to christ the amazon driver (laughs) the amazon none of you out there that gave to our pregnancy center thought that the amazon driver or driver was going to be the first one to come to christ when we give a crib well it's not the crib it's not the onesie, it's the tangible love of Jesus that we're handing that, hey, someone that doesn't even know you, cares enough about you that they gave diapers to us, or they gave, we uh, we have a family resource center with a baby boutique now where it is stunningly beautiful. It's so beautiful, you know, I've been, it's oh, beautiful. Yes, and we our clients get to come shop for free. And they'll often walk in just wide eyed. And, you know, the whole thing is so beautiful and so dignified. And it really is to say to them, like, you matter and we care about you. And we want to give you this experience. And it causes an anticipation of this child that is about to come into their lives. And then they can keep coming back. And it's beautiful. And you're you have provided for that center uh thousands and thousands of families over the last year have been touched by your your listeners generosity they may think they're just buying a pack of diapers but they are being the hands and feet of Jesus through the sitting just purely at a computer and
0: swiping by yeah it matters there's a there's a lot of that in our current technological landscape. Mm. There are a lot of things we can criticize, but man, the amplification that goes from social media and the ease and convenience that comes from things like Amazon makes it really easy to better people's. Lives. There's a lot of bad, but gosh, God can use seemingly exclusively bad things for good, for the good of other people and for his glory. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do another link to a baby registry in the description of this episode. So you can click on that again, just a pack of diapers, bibs, whatever it is that you can do. Some people you've got enough to buy a crib or to buy a car seat. You just heard how that (laughs) can really change someone's life. Um, And so Please, if, if you can, donate or you can contribute toward a gift. If you're like, hey, I can only afford $10 to $20, mm-hmm. those cribs or those larger items that are often $300, you can contribute $10 towards that. That makes a big difference. Um, so thank you, guys. Also, y'all are so generous. This audience is so generous. You care so much about uh, vulnerable moms and vulnerable families. I know that as I was crying, all of you washing your dishes, going on a stroll, driving your car, you are doing you were doing that through tears too because you care so much about these vulnerable women. So don't only go to the Amazon registry that we will link, but also go to your local pregnancy center. If you haven't, just see how, how you can help. And like Leanne said, see if you can just pray for them. If that's what you can do right now in the season of life, I promise you, I promise you. Directors like Leanne they they covet your prayers and uh, they can't take enough of them. So thank you so much, Leanne, for for what you do. Is there anything you want to close this on? Just any encouragement for pro-lifers out there? I, I, I honestly I want to thank you, Allie Beth, for being uh, a voice
1: and for standing in an area of this ministry of our For the sanctity of life, uh, you know, and just your support of pregnancy centers. You are a blessing. And to your listeners, uh, you know, pray, serve, give your local pregnancy center. We can do this. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, All right. Thank you so much, Leanne, for taking the time. And thanks for what you do. And I'll continue to just support y'all and pray for you. So thanks so much. Thanks, Ellie Beth.